Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Betsy. Okay, I was listening to this podcast, The Handsome Podcast, with Fortune Feimster and Tig Notaro and Mae Martin. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned that as a favorite, like, uh, grown-up thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Fortune Feimster started talking about Joe, the button pusher song. Have you ever heard? Hi, my, my name, name is Joe, Joe and, and I work in, in the button, button factory. One a day. wife and a kids oh. and a family. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I've skipped One that day, part. My, my boss, boss tells Joe, me, Joe, are, are you busy? busy? I, I say no. no. So Great. I started pushing buttons with, with my left hand. hand. So Fortune oh, is... Oh, I've done Joe the Button Pusher many times in yeah, the story. Yeah, and time Fortune is like, you know, singing this yeah. song. And Tig and Mae Martin are looking at her like she's crazy. It's a, it's an old Sherry Lewis, as I recall. I remember Sherry Lewis did it. It's hilarious because by the time you get to the tongue, the kids are on board, man. Right. I haven't done it in years. But it just all came back to me when okay. you are doing it. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who's like, no, yeah. I know this song. Yeah. Right? Hi. My name is Joe. Yeah. Working. It's got a weird rhythm at the beginning. The hi, my name well, is Joe doesn't really go with the rest of it. Well, and then yeah. <laughs> Tig starts making fun of Fortune and is like, hi, my name is Betsy. And I work over it. And it like just goes off and it no, doesn't rhyme at all. See, and... that's, not a, that's not a proper appreciation. <laughs> to make a good like preschooler interactive song slash rhyme that's gold if well, you can they, find one ooh. well make it on saying it doesn't rhyme and fortune's like well it does rhyme at one point uh joe and no that's the only rhyme that's true but it's the last and even then your tongue is sticking out so you, it becomes out more like no yeah more than that so anyway. yeah I'm glad we were we had this time together to discuss <laughs> Joe the Button Pusher. We talk about all the important things on this uh, podcast. Quite frankly, if I could do an entire podcast on preschool rhymes and songs, that would be amazing. Listeners, if any of you want to start a podcast like that, just <laughs> let me know. I'm uh, I'm on board with it. But in the meantime, on this podcast, and uh, what is this podcast? Fuse Eight and Kate. That's right. What do we do on this podcast? We talk about Joe and buttons. I wish. <laughs> I mean, we did today. But no, we actually talk about picture books. And if they are... Buttons? Or... Joe. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, this week, I decided to do a book from 1972. Oh. Which means this book is 52 years old, which is still older than me. Groovy. Groovy, baby. Real groovy. I gotta say, I'm very happy with this one. This, I'll just give you a random fact about it. This entire story was reprinted in Ms. Magazine in 1973. Then it must be a classic. It's super groovy. I'll say that much. Yeah, very groovy. Completely baffled as to how that happened. But sure. Okay. Would you like to see this book? I sure do. Oh, I'm gonna pull it out now. Here we go. Ira sleeps over. Bye. <laughs> First, I read it as IRA sleeps over. I was like, that's okay, a dark book. The best book of all time. <laughs> like, your taxes are due, and we are living in your home until they're coming. <laughs> well, I was thinking the 
Irish. Oh no, you were in the Irish Republican Army. And, the, and with the green I was the IRS, yeah. With the green like jacket he on the takes cover. It off, it's all orange underneath. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah. Who's it by? Uh, it's by Bernard Weber. Does that name ring any bells for you at all? <laughs> no. Of course not. Uh, Lyle L. Crocodile would be the, uh, the other thing that he has done. So this guy's a really big fan of green. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it works for him. And it worked very well for him. So, yeah. Why don't you, uh, go read that book? All right. What Kate does her read, let's talk a little bit more about Iris Sleeps Over and Bernard Weber. Um, not much to say about this book aside from that previously mentioned Ms. Magazine fact. It was turned into a little HBO TV movie animated in 1991 as part of HBO's storybook musical series. So that's fun. As for Bernard Weber himself, uh, he grew up during the Depression in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He earned a degree in finance, uh, of course, enrolled in the army during World War II, like you do. After the war, used that GI Bill, studied art, and then uh, got some practical jobs. You know, he, he worked for Condé Nast. He, uh, he worked for Time, Inc. He had a long career there in their art department. But he was inspired by the creativity and potential of children's books, which he read to his own three kids. So he began his own career in the field, and he worked on his books at night and on the weekends while maintaining his day job. Very practical, I approve. Then after his retirement, he spoke to many schools and libraries and bookstores. And uh, by his death in 2013, his publisher said that his books had sold a total of uh, 1.75 million copies. So uh, not too shabby there. As for Iris Sleeps Over, it does have a sequel. Uh, it came out in 1988. This is the review from Hornbook at the time. Quote, in the 16 years since we first met Ira in Ira Sleeps Over, he has assumed near-legend status. The author uses an understated style that's perfect for suggesting the grief of parting with a best friend without putting a burden on the story. The illustrations are in full color and add humor and warmth to the book. Ira's young fans will be glad he's back. So there you go. If we ever want to do a sequel, uh, now we know how it's supposed to be. Hey. Hello. Hello. I read a book. You did read a book. Yes. How was the book? Meh. Eh. Meh. Eh. It was meh. Ah. <laughs> you, you're more excited about it than I'm I am, I'm already more excited than you, but yes, <laughs> continue. All right, so it's about this kid, and he's really excited to go uh, sleep at his friend Reggie's house. For the first time. For the first time. Very first time, yeah. Now, at what age do kids have their first sleepover? It really varies, I'd say. You might be going as low as six, but usually it's seven, somewhere around there, I'd say. Six, seven. That's what I wrote down, so that's what I figured. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. plus, Reggie lives next door, so, so it's... So not a huge... <laughs> Not a huge traipse across town, this one, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he's talking to his sister about it, and then his sister asks, I'm assuming it's an older sister here, uh, because she's taller than him. Yeah, that would be, I guess. Right, and yeah. and she asks, are you going to take your teddy bear with you? And mm -hmm. he's like, uh, no. How can I... How can I get into your brain right from the start? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to bring my teddy bear. That's silly. She's like, well, you've never slept without your bear, so... Um, yeah, she's a little devil. How is it? She, she is a little devil. She is a, she's a she's problem a, causer. She's a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> a pistol, yeah. yeah. 
Because she says, how will you feel sleeping without your teddy bear for the very first time? Hmm. She's like, poke, 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 poke. Yep. And he's like, no, it'll be cool. It'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Who's worried about it? You're worried about it. I'm not worried about it. No one's worried about it. And she's like, hmm. All right. Who's worried? Yeah. So now he's left to think, oh, crap. Yeah, now that she's <laughs> weaseled her way into his brain. Yeah, which he's sitting on the front porch that has, like, the fanciest lamp I have I, I ever seen. I do love seen. that lamp. It's got an entire skirt to it. It's a whole deal. And, and, and the sun is, like, right behind him. So I'm thinking this either takes place in, like, California mm-hmm. or Florida. Those are the Could two be. options. Could be. Yeah. I don't know where the guy lived who wrote this. So, yeah, those are perfectly legitimate that's, things. That's what yeah. I'm going with. Yeah. So, and I've noticed that there's lots of repetition in the text, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe that helps kids learn oh, better yeah, if you're so, repeating yeah. kind of the same phrase over and over. Yeah. Like, you know, he asked his parents, should I take my teddy bear? And it says, take him, said my mother. Take him, said my father. <laughs> he, which, meanwhile, I would do like to point out. The degree to which mom gets to relax in this book. So she's seen uh, reading a newspaper here while dad plays his bass cello. His I bass. Guess. His oh, bass. Yeah, okay. That's definitely a but, bass. Uh, yeah. But I like I like how she gets to relax in this book, and she is looking forward to this sleepover. I can already tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's afraid that he's going to get laughed at. Like, and he's gonna, my friend's going to say I'm a baby. He won't laugh," said my mother. He won't laugh," said my father. Again, <laughs> yeah. with the repetition, they are here. as one in their opinions. But They're when like you start having curtains as doors, yeah, I don't, I don't approve. Actually. It's a shower curtain yeah, as a, in a door frame. I think it's supposed to match the the lamp because no, it's got dangly nothing, things coming nothing off. Nothing matches of it. in yeah, this house. No. It's, it's very, very clashy. It's also covered in bacteria. It's very seventies. Yeah. So at this point, his sister likes to chime in. Again, we have a curtain rod in between a door frame with a different see- see-through <laughs> curtain here. Yeah. It's not beaded, but it's no, close. Well, they, and, they are too old for beaded at this point. And she says, he'll laugh. So, <laughs> which, here's what I'm noticing. Devil. We, we first start off by seeing a cat. Mm-hmm. Then when we saw mom chilling, there were fish. Okay. Now we see, as the sister tells her brother that his friend's going to laugh at him, there's now a bird. So I feel like on every page, it's becoming a... a bit of a menagerie. It's a new animal yeah. that's introduced maybe and never brought up. Maybe they're metaphors for his mood. No, they're not. Yeah. No, I no. don't know. And so he says, well, I decide I won't take my teddy bear. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that afternoon, he's playing with his friend and his friend is talking about all the cool stuff that they're going to do. They're going to check out his junk collection and have a pillow fight and play dominoes. And <laughs> and then he says, great, I can hardly wait. Now, Jennifer Love Hewitt has screwed up my brain so much that is it can hardly wait or can't hardly can't. wait? Can't. I can't hardly wait. Can't. With can't. A, with a with T. an apostrophe and a T. This yeah. says, I can Hardly wait. I can hardly wait. Oh, maybe I'm, maybe it's been screwed up in my See? brain too. Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt screwing up brains left. Because Jennifer Love because Hewitt because of that movie can't hardly wait. Um, uh, maybe that is what it is. And now I, but it I says, can hardly wait. It makes more sense for it to be can honestly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The hardly waiting is something I can hardly wait. I, to I do. cannot. <laughs> I, I cannot hardly wait, or I can't. It sounds wrong. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so this is. 
Hmm. This is my takeaway from the book. Is it I can hardly can or wait. can't? <laughs> I can't hardly wait. Oh, God, I'll be doing this all night. Oh, right, fine. Anyway, so he asks, uh, our main character asks his friend Reggie, uh, what do you think of teddy bears? Where do, where do you stand on the whole teddy bear issue? <laughs> and his friend Reggie just doesn't answer him. Like, yeah. it goes off and talks about something else. question, yeah, which, which I love. Which should have been a clue. But, which yeah. I'm too distracted by the vintage car that's chilling by the garage. Nice. Uh, first of all, vintage garage. Yeah. Second of all, vintage car. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this Not is... vintage then. This is cool. I, I'm digging, like, the 70s vibe. With no, the, no, no. That's part of the reason I chose it. I was like, this thing's chock full of freaking suburban details that yeah. I'm very interested in. Yeah. But he, after Reggie goes off again with like, okay, at night we're going to tell ghost stories. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, our main character brings it back and says, by the way, what do you think about teddy bears? <laughs> the, and in the political discourse, where do teddy bears fall? Yeah, and his friend uh, suddenly has to be in a place in a hurry and says, see you tonight. Bye. And, so, okay. Now, at this point, our character decides, I decide to take my teddy bear. And I thought, good. Yeah. If the kid avoids the question once, he mm. probably didn't hear you. Avoid it twice. Right. He's avoiding the question. He's avoiding the question. Now the question is why, and that will become clear later. But at this point, it's unclear. Yes. And so our, he, our character has decided, I'm going to bring it. Mm-hmm. Good, says my mother. Good, says my father. Dad's making dinner. I'm sorry. I know I keep like laying well, into this, but it's 1972 help. and dad's making dinner. Eh, he's not making dinner. He's stirring something. Oh, he's at, he's at Mom work. is in the kitchen too. She, yeah, she's slicing bread, but he's, he's actually stirring. Yeah. It's not like that's hard work. He's totally hard work because it implies that he's the one who put the thing in there in the first no, place. No, no, no. She easily could have told him, honey, can you stir this while I'm cutting no. this bread? It's 1972. Men do not stir. This man is ahead of the times. <laughs> Men I'm giving do him not full- stir. They do do not stir. They don't eat quiche and they do not stir. <laughs> well, now the sister chimes in and she's like, well, if you're going to bring your bear, don't you think your friend's going to ask what the bear's name is? And don't you think your friend's going to think it's silly that your bear's name is Tata? <laughs> so uh, at this point, I'm beginning to doubt that she's a real character, that she's like a figment of his imagination, like she's in- his anxiety brought to life. No one else ever seems to interact with her. So True. Yeah. Why? Maybe they've all just learned to ignore her. Oh, maybe that's actually more likely. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, I just wrote, sisters are awful. Oh, aren't, yeah. Aren't older sisters Wait, just what? awful? No, no, Gosh, no. they're the worst. Evil sisters are awful. They sure are, but... Doggone it. <laughs> okay, anyway. So now we have a question to the illustrator. Right. Why did you give dad plaid pants? Well... Dad, Dad is the only one that hasn't changed his outfit. Really? Mom and kid both have. Interesting. The kid has changed his shirt. Uh huh. Mom went from pants to a skirt In, at night. Yeah. Why would you do that, woman? I don't know. That's weird. Maybe I, she spilled something on the pants and had to change into something. I, why did the kid change his shirt to go over to his friend's you know, house? You gotta wear your sleep over shirt i have no idea that's really peculiar and there's no mention of it huh it's just odd maybe the illustrator forgot what everyone was wearing except for dad but he drew the pants on her he drew the shirt on him that's weird i don't know i don't know anyway so the kid maybe this is months later (laughs) (laughs) no because it was that night yeah, it's that night, so... so good night, uh, said mother. Good night, said father. And Sleep like, tight, said sister. Sleep tight. And so yeah. now he goes over to Reggie's house. Which is literally next door. Yes. Yeah. 
And this is so cool. They took scans of bottle caps from 1972. That is just actually cool. And they got Pepsi. They mm-hmm. got 7-Up. Uh, they're looking at picture postcards. They're putting on jumbo goggles. And then they start playing with Dad's rubber stamps. This is my favorite part in the whole book. I'm curious. Yeah. What does Reggie's dad do for a living uh, if he has uh-huh. second notice, uh-huh. not paid, mm-hmm. and personal and confidential stamps? I'm pretty sure he forecloses for the bank <laughs> as his job. And he's the guy stamping these things on these poor people's letters uh, that they get. I love this so Except- much. Except... One of the stamps says, all merchandise on these pages, A group. Oh, I don't know what that means. Right? That might be from a previous job that he has in the back of the drawer. But I looked at these stamps. Second uh, notice And, and I'm so like, huge. oh, that's... Uh, this is a dark... Yeah. This is a dark portion. The kids are having so much fun, but like adults are looking at this and being like, oh. Uh, what does dad do? What does dad do? Yeah, we're a little concerned about dad here. Well... Speaking of dad. Yeah, who does make an appearance. And he's not happy. And he's not as cool as the dad next door. I'm sorry, Ira's dad is cooler than this dad. Well, this dad might be a little frustrated because of how much noise they were doing with, like, they had a wrestling match. I guess he's never had a sleepover in his home before. Right. But, dude, this is par for the course for sleepovers. Get used to it, dad. Get used to it. There are two boys. They are not going to get to sleep easily. Well, and dad is holding a newspaper of town news. So newspaper and kid lit. <laughs> this is for you. Classic. Oh, yes. We'll take a picture and put it on the Instagram. Because mom's yeah. newspaper of our main character yeah. didn't have any writing on it. Uh, well, but Reggie's dad, oh, he's got that town news. So he likes the more right-wing town news. She prefers the city <laughs> village news, uh, which is a little more left-wing. So, so yeah. Okay, so they get to they get to bed. Meanwhile, the kids, like, they are not smiling. They know that, like, they're in trouble. Yeah, no, this guy doesn't mess around. He's like, yeah. bedtime. And they're like, probably snaps oh, Okay. So, right. So they're in bed. Lights are off. And then Reggie starts telling a really lame ghost story. Um, (laughs) Oh, but we're not judgy or anything about six-year-olds like ghost stories. It's it's lame. There was a ghost. And every night the ghost walked around this house. But there was no one around to scare. And he really liked to scare people. That's the story, Betsy. Hey, if that came out of his brain at that age, I think that's very good. Well, and... Then the story stops, and uh, they're asking each other, are you scared? Yeah. Are you scared? Yeah. <laughs> See, the bar was real low. You, you don't have to put a lot of effort into it. It's uh... So in the dark, Reggie goes over to his dresser, pulls out a teddy bear from the dresser drawer that mm-hmm. he had apparently hidden there, hidden in there, yeah. and then goes back to bed. And I'm, I'm assuming our main character's name is Ira. There's no mention of yeah. his name oh, in the entire story, just on yeah, the no. title. That's Ira. Anyway, so he's saying, is that a, is that a teddy is that a, bear? Is that, a, is that a bear that you got? Um, uh, and his friend Reggie says, uh, you mean this teddy bear? <laughs> Ira says, Perhaps you were asking about the state of teddy bears nationwide. Well, no. Ira says, the one you're holding. <laughs> the one you're holding. Uh-huh, says Reggie. Uh, do, do you sleep with him all the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, what? I'm sorry. I'm so, deaf in this ear. Yes. <laughs> um, and then finally he asks, does your, uh, does your teddy bear have a name? Does your teddy bear have a name? <laughs> I said louder. Louder. And uh, Reggie's like, 
he, he, he won't he won't laugh. No, I won't laugh. Promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> and he named his teddy bear. You want to take a wild I, guess? I don't know if the if the Tatas are heroes bears. So uh-huh. Is it like Nana or something? You're close. What is it? Fufu. Oh, Fufu's better. Fufu's better. Right? Yeah. No, it's better. That's just legitimately a better teddy bear name. And at this point, uh, Ira says, I'm "I ha- <laughs> I have to get something." And Rich is like, "What do you have to get?" And he says, oh, something. And he just leaves. He's just gone. He just gets up, puts on his coat. That's how you do it. Walks next door to his house. But then, okay, here's two questions for you. Sure. Number one, Mm -hmm. why did he ring his own doorbell to get in the house? Well, maybe the door was locked. Maybe they put the screen door latch on. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And his parents and his sister all come to the door. His dad is holding an album. Okay. Called Igor Oistrakh, which uh, I looked him up. He oh. is a Russian violinist. All right. Well, Dad has fine taste. Yeah. Well, there you go. Clearly, they all come to the door, and oh no, it does say Ira here. Everyone says ah. Ira. I missed that. Okay. Well, okay, here it there is. There is at least one mention at the end of the book of his name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you doing here? And he said, "I changed my mind," and he goes upstairs. And he gets Tata, and he brings Tata down. Triumphantly. And his sister is just taunting him. Reggie's going to laugh. You're going to see how he laughs. He's going to fall down laughing. (laughs) He won't laugh, said my mother. He won't laugh, said my father. He won't laugh, I said. Ooh! That's a big burn. So he goes back to uh, his friend Reggie's house. His dad was probably like, ugh. Come he's back gonna, in. I thought you were going to be God forever, but no. So he comes back. His friend is passed out. Okay. <laughs> so he, it didn't even matter. The he's whole trying thing. to wake up his friend like, hey, you have I to- I got one down. I got my bear. You have to finish your ghost story. But Reggie is- uh, he's, he's He he's took out. too much Ambien and yes, he's out clearly. for the night. He's one of those kids who's like, run, 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 boom. Yep. And then, so <laughs> Ira goes into his cot- Cause he's sleeping it's a pretty in, nice cot. It's pretty he's sleeping in a cot, yeah. and he says good night. He whispered to Tata, and he fell asleep to the end. And then the back cover shows the two bears sitting together. Yeah, and it's very uh, it's, a, it's a nice ending, but yeah. good for the friend to take the first brave step. It wasn't our main character who was brave. I think it helps. It was the friend. It helps that it was his room, so. You know, he's the host, so he can set the rules a little. But you're right; he is he is setting the tone. But it is funny. You get a little, uh, you get a little foreshadowing in the book when he's asked about his stance on teddy bears in general, and he refuses to answer in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, yeah, that that's true. it. Very nice. Ratings time. Okay, it's it's long. It's I, longish. Yeah, but yeah. it's but it's a cute story yeah. about annoying sisters. Uh, wardrobe changes for no reason, and uh, friends with dads in the insurance or oh God, FBI or, or uh, no, I think he's you know home ownership. He was he was it was mortgages or something for something. the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad the kid was finally brave enough to show his friend his bear. But mm-hmm. if his friend hadn't been brave first, it would have been a super boring ending. So is the moral to wait for someone else to be brave before no. you are? Well, the moral is that. You know, you make these assumptions about other people based on, you know, your sister lying to you. And uh, and in fact, you know, people are all alike, you know. Don't be so worried about how people judge you, you know. Nah. 
It's not about bravery. It's about, you know, realizing that we're all the same. How about that? We're not all the same. Sure. Well, in this case, we are. No, we're not. We both have teddy bears. You are the evil older sister. No, I'm not blonde. (laughs) Clearly, that's not me. Oh, so speaking of which, the illustrations are meh. Uh, oh, I like those. Uh, I, I really like, like the scanned bottle caps um, that yeah, are of the time. You got a little creative there. I See? thought that was very cool. I so thought that was very cool. I gave it a 5.5. Okay, this is that's kind of funny because, yeah, no, you know what? Yes, in the great pantheon of children's literature, was Bernard Weber the greatest illustrator of all time? He was not, but he got the job done. And uh, as someone who has had her children... Go over for sleepovers. Have friends over for sleepovers. I've hosted many a sleepover. And I have thrown my children at other people for sleepovers. Uh, it's nice to have a book about sleepovers. This one's not treacly. It's not preachy. It's not didactic. It's got a nice little message. Um, I like the weirdness of it. Uh, any book that has foreclosure <laughs> stamps uh, at some point in there, that makes it that much more interesting to me. I'm actually also a 5.5. Okay, so yeah. it's, it's a It's toe, kind of funny. I was already thinking that. Yeah. It's a toe over the line classic. It's a toe over the line classic. It has a job to do and it does it well. Yeah. Okay. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Letters time. Ooh. All right. This one today comes from Meg. And Meg says, hi, Betsy and Kate. Hello. I am on vacation in St. Augustine, Florida. Jealous. I know, right? Yesterday, I was driving and listening to last week's episode about your Caldecott predictions. Oh. When you mentioned that Caldecott was buried in St. Augustine, I immediately put Evergreen Cemetery in my ways, and ten minutes later, <gasps> I was at the gravesite. Wow! Although it's sad that Caldecott died and was buried far from home, he has a lovely spot to spend eternity at the foot of a tree draped with Spanish moss. Oh, nice. Thanks for the tourist tip. Wow! I know, I, I told her... This may be the first time anyone has actually physically moved from one location to another based on listening to our podcast. So that, that we're aware cool. of. That we are aware of. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That's a great letter. That's a good one. Yeah. Grown up things we like. Okay. So one of my resolutions is to read a book every month. All right. Uh, and this month I read The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. Oh, how was that? Uh, well, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, it mm-hmm. takes place over New Year's and I read it over New Year's. Oh, so it was very nice, timely. Perfect. It's uh, it's about a group of friends who have known each other since college. And over New Year's, I was with a group of friends that I've known since college. Great. Did you guys start murdering each other? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, because, okay. because this takes place in Scotland and uh, only murders take place in Scotland. Oh, apparently. Okay. gotcha. All right. <laughs> right. So they're all together for New Year's. One of them is murdered. Um, like I, you do. I thought it was a super quick read. And there's some parts where it's not a surprise, but then there are other definitely parts that keep you on your toes. So if you're looking for a light murder mystery read for hey, January. Who is it? Um, yeah, this is a fun book. It, and if you like Ruth Ware's books, then you'll like this. Oh, perfect. perfect um, yeah. So it's it's called The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. Very nice. I love a good book recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is almost Oscar season. Which means my husband and I are now working our way through the movies that may or may not get nominations. One that was on our list for a while, and I do kind of regret not watching it a little closer to Christmas. Because this is very clearly one of, you know how people make the list these days of like the alternate Christmas movies? This would count 100%. It is The Holdovers. Uh, It is starring uh, one of my favorite actors of all time, Paul Giamatti. 
Love Paul Giamatti. Don't care what he does. I just love it all. Directed by Alexander Payne, who did direct Paul in Sideways all those years ago. It is also starring a first-time actor, Dominic Sessa, who is this kid. He's in this boarding school, and Paul Giamatti plays a boarding school professor who has stuck babysitting this kid over the Christmas season because the kid's mom is on her honeymoon with her new husband and doesn't want to spend the holidays with him. And this kid was found because they went to a variety of New England boarding schools and just asked the theater like directors, hey, do you have any kids who can like act real well? And they came up with this kid, and he's amazing. He wow. clearly has a huge future ahead of him. He is very good at what he does. And it also has Devine Joy Randolph, who... You may recognize from Only Murders in the Building. She tends to play the cop uh, in there. Here she plays a woman who works for the school, who's also there over the the uh, the holidays. Her son uh, was killed in Vietnam not that long ago, uh, and she's dealing with all that. But it's it's done very well. It's it's not done, and and she's not like the magical black person to make all the white people feel good about themselves. Like, she's a complex character who has her own story that has nothing to do with the other two guys for a long portion of the movie. And it's great. So, uh, if you just want to see something great, if you liked uh, Sideways, uh, this is a little more cheery than Sideways, I'd say. Um, And it's a great post-Christmas film. So, yeah, go see it. The Holdovers. All right. Nice. Nice. Cool. When do the Caldecott uh, Awards come By out? By the time this comes out, they will have been come out um, this morning. Oh. Yes. So we so will we know should just, we in should... the next recording Okay. what won, what didn't win. I can't wait. It's I'm biting my nails to the nub. I am so worried. So, folks, you probably listening to this already know... What won the Newberry and the Caldecott? Don't tell us. Please do not tell us. I don't, I might not want to know. I may not want to know. But until that information is released to the general public, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kine, and our ta-ta is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>